Hey friend, welcome to the Paloma Grace podcast. My name is Anna Grace. I'm Evie. And I'm Sophia. We are so glad you're here. Our mission is to support, encourage, and challenge young Catholic women on their journey toward heaven. We pray this podcast above all else invites you to radically claim your beloved identity in Jesus Christ, the seed for living our one in eternity life. Here's to telling our stories. Welcome home. All right. Hey, everybody. My name is Anna Grace. Welcome to the Paloma Grace podcast. I'm really glad that you all are here today. I'm also super glad that my co-hosts are here, Sophia and Evie. I love looking at your beautiful faces on this Zoom screen. You guys are wonderful. Oh, you're wonderful and beautiful. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) A little boomerang of a compliment. The best. Um, Listeners, we're going to jump in right away to our topic because I think that there's a lot to talk about with this um, theme that we're continuing in this episode with mercy. The last two episodes that we've had have discussed part one, divine mercy, part two, mercy toward ourselves. And lastly, today we're going to talk about mercy um, with and toward others in our lives. And I want to focus specifically today on this as young women, because we see our lack of mercy manifest in very particular ways, I think, as young women. Typically, I would say when we find somebody else a threat, and we don't, I would, I don't think that we use that word often in conversation, but we definitely can, can acknowledge and recognize it within our heart, whether it's somebody that we're meeting for the first time, whether it's somebody that we're super close to, and, but amongst other young women too, I think that there can be this culture of competition that then prompts us to withhold mercy and love from the people in our lives, um, either resenting them for the beauty and gifts that they have or um, for the suspicion that we lead with sometimes as women. And I think that suspicion and, and doubting is contradictory to mercy itself, right? The Lord doesn't Um, he's not suspicious about our actions when he seeks to offer us forgiveness. And it's something that I continue to work on as a young woman too. And, and something I think that's super important for us to talk about today. What are your Mm. guys' thoughts with this? Mm. I I completely agree. Yeah. I think this is just like one of, okay, no mercy with yourself is, is really tricky. That's like a day to day (laughs) journey, but it's hard to, because the stumbling block with mercy with others is just that root of pride, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like to admit, especially for me, you know, like I guess it's like the Italian jersey in, in me, but like to admit that I am wrong and I'm doing something wrong, like that disgusts me. Like I <laughs> I can't do that. So for me to just unclench my fists and like look at the situation of, okay, like I, I must forgive. I must forgive. And that doesn't mean my mom used to tell me this all the time, forgiving and letting go doesn't mean like absolutely forgetting that, you know, because like the fruits of the spirit that the Lord is calling to are always going to be governed by freedom. And if you think about it, like holding on to this resentment towards other people, whether it's like she really, you know, grinds my gears or this person really, really hurt me, however big or small, it's like holding on to that, you're still holding on to something like, and you can't live in freedom with stuff in your hands, you know, and just pride. Pride is always getting in my way for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Oh yeah. And I think it's, it's interesting because it's like sort of paradoxical or kind of mysterious the way that it works because it's like, okay, I see this other young woman, I guess. Okay. This is a very particular example that definitely <laughs> that I struggle with a lot. Um, and other people might too, is seeing other Catholic women on Instagram um, and just seeing the ways that they can sort of talk about the, the Lord and their relationship with the Lord and the just movements in their life and what they're going through. And I see them in a weird way as a threat, as like, oh, God has been so generous with them he's not being as generous with me. Um, and I want more, I want to have more than them. I want to be better than them, or at least like, I don't know. I want what they have. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, which is envy and, Mm -hmm. and pride. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's really difficult to extend mercy towards, um, women when we do feel threatened that way um but the truth is that like the lord is being generous to them and he's being generous to us and we like we should all be in such joyful celebration of that um and sort of like unite in christ instead of um looking at other women and wishing that i had what they had you know Mm -hmm. that's so true that's so true And this is prevalent too, I would say, amongst all young adult women, but on college campuses. I mean, I remember being in college and you just walk across campus and you notice a woman who looks beautiful or whose figure is quote unquote better than yours is, or girls who are surrounded by one another and you're walking alone to class, whatever it is, we start building up this defense of intimacy amongst other women then and I think write other women off because we start assuming who they are either by their social media by their presence on campus by something that other people have told us about them and I have had seldom times in my life where I've taken the time to sit down and talk to somebody who I originally wrote off as either too good for me or too good for the world And I was humbled beyond belief because I didn't let that person have their right and as they should opportunity to tell me who they were instead of letting me create some sort of profile of who I think that they were. And, and a lot of that began in vulnerability, which it's again, kind of like you said, Evie, like this is the whole life of (laughs) paradoxical mysteries where we need to be, I think, even as women, this is going to be challenging, but I think we need to be willing to be vulnerable first. When we meet people, oh, I've been so convicted by this lately, guys. When we meet people, like, am I paying more attention to when I'm going someplace of what I look like and what people are going to think of me than preparing my heart to want to love people when I get there? Like, I just met a bunch of mm. new people last night at a friend's party in anticipation for her wedding and the Lord was really good as I got ready for that event to say like it doesn't matter what you wear it doesn't matter what you're gonna look like or if it matches like I don't want you to care about that at all because if you 
walk into that room trying to impress people, they're not going to feel welcome in your presence. And I want them to be received by you so that they can also receive you too. And I just think about this, so, that I don't, I don't do that often enough in my life where I try even in my presence, both by the way that I act and the way that I dress myself to want to make people not feel intimidated by somebody who's trying to keep up an image or look good or make a good impression. But instead to just be like, this is Anna Grace, this is who she is. Like, it's so nice to meet you. I wanna know your story, who you are. How do you know the bride and the groom, whatever it is. And because when we, again, like I said, lead with suspicion and or defense or intimidation or pride and vanity, we're not going to get very far when it comes to intimacy with friends and sisters. And, and then it's certainly going to be much more difficult to offer mercy because we're going to be trying to defend that image and idol within our hearts. Yeah. I mean, I think too, it's just that projection of like, like personally throughout high school, like I had like friends like here and there, like I was just always like the floater, you know? So for me, it was like, I never had that, that group, like that tight knit, just, just group. Like these are my people, you know, it was like, I was always like trying to figure it out. And so it was like, I was used to being, you know, under suspicion or something like that. Like, Oh, should we invite Sophia? Like just something, you know, situations like that. So then I got to college and I literally hit the jackpot of, of friends. And I, I noticed myself interacting with other people with, the same suspicion because I'm like so comfortable and used to being looked at that way that it's almost like subconsciously it's like oh it's my turn you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and I think Evie too like I love that point that you brought up about um I don't know I I expected it to come up but I expected it to come up like at the end like (laughs) but just jumping in with like thank you for sharing that too because that that is so valid and one of like the biggest things, and I tell her this all the time, that my best friend here at school, she's taught me, is she's the most inclusive person I've ever met, and she's taught me that, like, I don't do that, and I don't even see that I don't do that, and I don't do that because I'm used to not being included, and it's weird how we, like, twist the situation, and I'm, like, there are so many times where Jesus Christ himself was present to me through somebody else, and I said no, and I didn't invite him, and for what reason? And so I think the worst part, piece of advice and also the best piece of advice I've ever gotten <laughs> was given to me by my mom. <laughs> and she told me, this was like way back in middle school. And she told me that when someone's annoying you, they're annoying you because they're reflecting like a piece of your heart, right? Like they're showing you wounds that you have. And so now I'm like, great. Thank you, mom. I can't <laughs> unhear that ever because <laughs> now it's like, I, I hear when people, like my friends, will complain about like a situation or a person or something and I'm listening to it and I'm like, hey, I see where you're coming from. That is valid, but like you do the exact same thing. So now I'm like hyper aware of like every time I'm like, oh, that bothers me. I'm like, well, dang it. That's because I do the exact same thing. And like that can be true to like different aspects or whatever, but it's like how quick are we to just judge and throw that shame on somebody else and be like, oh, I can't believe that she would do that or they would say that. Because it's easier to it's easier to say talk about somebody else than it is to talk about ourselves and how that's revealing our own insecurities, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, 
You're so right. Wow. Your mom also just like sounds like a gem. <laughs> Amazing <laughs> advice. Um, but I was thinking back um, to when I first went to college four years ago. Oof. Um, <laughs> and I remember that first semester, I didn't really find great friends right away. Um, it took me really till my middle of my sophomore year to find like, like the friends that I have now. Um, but I just remember looking on social media and hearing from like reaching out to my friends from high school and just, I mean, you see the highlight reel. I was looking at, oh, like that girl already has friends. This girl already has friends. This girl already has a boyfriend. Um, and I was like, oh, of course they would already have friends. Like, um, and, and judging them or like getting angry or upset with them um, because they had this life that I wanted. Um, and I was feeling insecure about not having friends and I was feeling lonely. Um, but I remember coming home for Christmas break my freshman year and I got um, a meal with the girl that I really had spent the entire semester comparing myself to. Um, just, I felt like she had hit the jackpot. Um, and she was talking to me about all of the ways that she had struggled that, that past semester and all of the, um, the doubts that she's had and the things that had happened that, um, that, I don't know, her life was real, you know? Um, in ways that I had not seen it to be real. Um, and I had allowed her to be um, like the, the topic of my gossip mm -hmm. and the, the focus of my jealousy um, when I really should have just recognized that she had struggles just like everybody else, mm -hmm. you know? And to have that moment with her of, of sharing um, just our, our struggles and our hopes for college, like that is community. Mm -hmm. And the gossip and the, the jealousy, like that just breaks down community. Mm -hmm. It does. And I think that just like Soph said too, it reveals a part of our broken hearts then. And we have to be willing, I think, to dissect that when we find that and discover it not just to say okay I want to root out gossip or I want to stop judging these people in my thoughts to instead say okay what part of this in my heart prompts this action of mine right why do I feel threatened by women who are so um particularly skinny right? It's because I've had my own struggle with body image issues, right? And so once I see that, then I can return to the Lord and say, mm, Jesus, like this clearly still isn't fully healed, right? And I know that you're using this to draw me closer to you right now. And um, so I'm going to hand over this part of my heart for you as the potter to transform this piece of clay into something really purposeful and something really beautiful. And to, and to do that as many times as we need. Um, and then as we move away from that moment of prayer, 
to like you said, Evie, start making these changes where when somebody asks us how we're doing, right, we, we can do this with prudence, but to not try to feel like we have to match our highlight reel by how we share our hearts. And instead to say like, yeah, like this week's been pretty tough. I've been, I feel like I'm in a hurricane of work. I'm really uncertain about what the next couple months is going to bring. And I feel like I don't have a breath to celebrate all of the good things that are still happening. Instead of being like, mm, I'm fine. I'm busy. You know, life's good. No, I, I'm like, life's good. It's just, it's just tough right now, you know, because as we are so authentic and vulnerable, we grant people just in our sharing permission to do the same. And that is something so wonderful about, I think, the feminine genius is that we have this ability to receive one another, both as women and even to receive men in our hearts. And that I want that muscle to be so strengthened within me that I never approach or see a woman and feel like I have to defend myself or guard myself against who she is. And because I think there's just going to be this whole opportunity um, for new relationships and friendships that didn't exist because I wasn't so concerned with self-preservation. I think that like goes back to how much the devil hates the gift of vulnerability with people. And that's just one of the fruits of authentic friendships to me in my life that like slowly but surely changed the way that I look at the world because people were vulnerable with me um and I was able to be vulnerable with them but it's like it's so true like in a grace you're saying like we need to take that step and be vulnerable first even if it's not well received you know even if um I think about like my soccer team and the bible study I've been trying to like get started and it's like even if right now like they think I'm the weirdest person like that's okay (laughs) because it's like in our last in our last episode we talked about that confidence of approaching the Lord and it's like I know that I'm set here by Christ you know and and approaching a conversation with vulnerability that might be the first time that somebody's ever encountered something like that and they're reacting to it in their own way it's just which is totally fine you know um and I think I think logistically too we need to talk talk about this topic because Yes, it can reflect a lot on ourselves and internally what we're struggling through, but like there will not, it's not like you're going to reach this point in your faith where you're like, I'm so great. Like, this is good. Like, I'm confident with where I am. Like, I got these insecurities nailed down. Like, no more. (laughs) People don't annoy me anymore. Like, (laughs) that just doesn't happen. You know what I mean? And there's always going to be those people that I was talking to my friend about this and she said, you know, they just, they just disrupt your peace. They just disrupt your peace. And that's okay. Because I am sure there are people who are annoyed by my presence and I can do nothing about that, you know, and vice versa. But I don't know, like what is, what, what's the all's like tactics, I guess, to like navigate those like murky waters because like, it's so easy to fall into the trap of like gossiping in comparison and just, just resentment towards these people, um, because, like, they will come, and two, um, I do want to share this, this, I'm not quoting it directly, um, but one of my friends told me the story about St. Therese of Lisieux, and when she died, they were going through, like, her journals or something like that, and this one sister, um, you know, wrote, like, for her funeral or something, this whole thing, just loved her, like, absolutely loved her, 
and she thought that they were best friends like they spent like all this time together they did all these things together she's like yeah you know like me mother Teresa, like we're just best friends well and in these journals like mother Teresa, or not mother Teresa. i'm so sorry saint <laughs> therese different one different one saint therese was like actually despised this lady like she just did not like her they just did not get along but this lady had no idea and like can you imagine that that like the person that you utterly despise you are so kind and loving to them that they are convinced that you guys are best friends you know what I mean and and that in the most genuine way possible like I, I was just I was just taken aback by her her example but I don't know what are what are y'all's like go-to ways Evie do you want to start or do you want me to start I just I've heard that story of Teresa Lisieux before and one of my favorite parts of it is that she said that the woman or the sister that um like would make some sort of earth I think it was the way that she spoke was the she would make like, noises during prayer or mass. yeah yeah that was the thing that um really bothered Saint Therese and Saint Therese said that she saw it as a way to unite herself with Christ like so deeply and so fully that she actually came to love those noises. Um, and, and like what a transformation that is, you know? Um, yeah, I don't, I wish I had like a, here's my three-step plan for <laughs> overcoming um, jealousy, gossip, and like just, being annoyed and pride and all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I think like understanding that when we're suffering, like we can unite that with Christ. Um, and also just like remembering that when other people, cause I think we have, we know those women in our lives who are like vulnerable and authentic and live in a freedom that like that we crave to also have and knowing that those women are able to instead of becoming the object of um i don't know of like our jealousy like they help lift us up mm-hmm. um it's just like okay i want to be a woman like that mm-hmm even though I look at other women and I say like, oh, they're so pretty and I want their life. Like in rea- and in reality, like I want to be the woman who lifts others up. Mm-hmm. And like, not, I don't want anything else. Amen. Amen. So true. Wouldn't like, just imagine, envision that kind of woman. There, well, to be honest with you, there's, a young woman named Emma Mae Jenkins. She mm. has a um, an Instagram. I, I found out about her through a girl I went to college with who is friends with her. And this girl, you guys, I, I just want to, I want to live like and beyond her because she has this radiance to her that you can just tell she wants to bring the joy and light of Christ to every person that she meets without any sort of hesitation and or self-preservation. And uh, she, she gave this talk that she had posted on YouTube once that said like, people have told me every 
probably insult in the book that there is. You have a nose. I hate the sound of your voice, right? I'd rather listen to nails on a chalkboard, all these different things. And she said, like, one, to remember that, you know, Christ tells us if the world hates you, they hate, remember that they hated me first. And but she just goes on to say, like, all of those insults and things that people tell me, one, like, what an opportunity to radically love in return, just as God loved us in our sin. And two, those things never tip the scales for how many people I've been able to bring the gospel to whose lives have been radically transformed by the way that the Holy Spirit works and chooses to work through me. And that continues to inspire me. A few things that I've begun to do practically that are still really small um, is to pray this one line from the litany of humility that says, Lord, may others be holier than I granted that I might be as holy as I ought to be. Um, and I need to pray that oftentimes and sometimes even substituting it for different words like Lord may others be more beautiful than I granted that I may be as beautiful as you intended for me to be whatever it is and and then the second thing that I've started to do is to offer little sacrifices throughout the day whether it's the dishes that I'm doing waiting to eat a snack until I get home to my house running a lap around the track while I'm working out for the people that it's most difficult to love. And I only started doing this this past year, but it's really challenged me in my ability to love people because when there's that one or two people who are in our lives that we just would rather not have around or we think our lives would be easier without them, going, not to be punny, like the extra mile, right? Or doing something for the intention of that person, as much as I pray it transforms them, I know that it is just like shattering my heart of stone to really soften it so that I can recognize that I'm no better than that person. And, and just as C.S. Lewis says, like the devil likes to try to tell us and get us to be infatuated by the inconveniences and annoyances of people around us and never stop to think that we could be doing that to others. And I know that there's probably things within my life or even just my mannerisms that, that do that to people. And so why would I ever stop to fixate upon you know, the humanity of that person instead of wanting to see Jesus within them. Mm. Amen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, there's so much more that we could talk about this topic, but let's jump into our flames for the week. Um, Soph, do you want to get us started? Yes, ma'am. <clears throat> um, so my, this past Wednesday, um, I don't know if you guys had or have focused on your campus, um, but an outreach of the focus missionaries are like the student missionaries. So you're invited to join, it's called like discipleship programs. Um, and yeah, like you, you take this vow to live a life of chastity, sobriety, and excellence, um, which are like the three biggest areas on a college campus that are just attacked, you know, and it's like, we're all going to fall, but it's like, we're striving together to be this ultimate example of like what it means to be a missionary on campus. And once a month, we have a meeting with all of the missionaries, so like all of the male missionaries. Um, and right before my missionary, my focus missionary, I've said this word like eight bajillion <laughs> times in the past two minutes. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, she had this dream board um, and she started it off with Jesus and then underneath her name, Jamie, and then underneath were like the original missionaries and then branching out. 
And it's people that they've dreamed about asking to like invite them in to discipleship. Um, and like my name was on there and this was the first time I had been to like a little dream board meeting. And I said to my friend next to me, I was like, like, has my name always been on here? And she's like, she just looked at me. This is my, my friend that's entering the convent. So she, I have no words. Like she's incredible. And she just looked at me and she was like, don't you know, we've been praying for you for months. And I was like, no, I didn't know that. Um, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just so unreal. And then I go back to this room, we call it upper room, the meeting. And it's just, I look around this room and it's literally all of my best friends just sitting here. And I was like, Lord, how did I get so lucky that even though I fall and we're all, everyone in this room is going to fall, like we are here together. And it just pumped me up so much that I was just like, I, I just want to go change the world real quick. Like, let me, let me go out. And it's just, <laughs> ooh, so good. It was so good. Anyways. That's so awesome. I am drawing a blank and I forgot the flame that I wanted to share. So Anna Grace, can you share while I try to remember my flame? <laughs> Yes, I can. Thank My, you. <laughs> of course. It's always that thing of like trying to remember. And sometimes I have one and then I panic right at the end of the episode too. Um, my flame is my sweet friend, Molly. She and I met through a mutual friend at a focus conference last January, 2020. <laughs> and like just sat next to one another before mass one day and just hit it off and bonded over over life and our testimonies and, and the Lord. And she and I got on the phone today and just talked about some really tough things that we're both going through. And we just continue to laugh every time that we talk of the fact that really by chance, we could have never run into one another at a conference yet. That, that moment of just authentic conversation has now led to somebody who I pray will be in my life forever and because she makes me a better woman hands down every time I talk to her and so go introduce yourself to somebody that you don't know because <laughs> you never know what's gonna happen <laughs> that's so awesome I love that so much mm-hmm. I came up with a flame because I could still can't remember my old one but um before this before we were going to record I was looking through old journals Um, this is not the, I just pulled up the wrong journal. Um, but I, I guess when I first got a new prayer journal in 2017, I skipped ahead to like the middle of the book and I just wrote a little message and I said, hi Ev, um, just a little reminder that the Lord is always with you. He will never leave you and he loves you very much. And I saw that today and I was like, oh, um, I don't know. It just like really made me smile and it's been a tough week. And so it just really lifted my spirits. Um, I was like, thank you, Evie from the past. (laughs) (laughs) I think that that's so special when we can minister to ourselves and at the moment of like the conception of those words, you never realize that you know, they would minister and serve you four years later. Yeah, you never know. (laughs) I I think that that's my favorite flame. I'm so glad that the Holy Spirit didn't help you remember your other one because I think I needed to hear that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Me too, me too. 
Uh, Gal pals, thanks for hanging out again. I love you both sincerely. Listeners, we pray that this this ministry, this podcast continues to minister to your hearts as it does to ours. May you be encouraged this week to to go love radically, to offer mercy first and, and fourfold to all of the sisters in our lives and that we have to praise the Lord for the beauty that they have and and to grow an authentic friendship. My friend, be who God created you to be, and you will set the world on fire. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great week. Thanks for listening, friends. Bye, friends. Hey, friend. Anna Grace here. I hope that you enjoyed this episode of the Paloma Grace podcast. If you did, feel free to send it to a family member or a friend, someone who could be encouraged by it. If you have any questions or suggestions for future episode topics, feel free to head to palomagrace.net. You can learn more about our story also on palomagrace.net or follow us at Paloma Grace Ministries on Instagram. We are praying for you until we see you next time and God bless you.